Today on Lockdown Red Wings, Detroit gets demolished by the Stars and goaltending continues to struggle. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I am a podcast producer for the Daily J, a WWJ News Radio podcast. Well, Scotty is the host over at Lockdown Tigers as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Lockdown. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash lockdown today to get started. And Scotty, you know, we skipped Monday's episode in part because we recorded obviously the night before. So it was Easter. But we thought and we talked about maybe having a Monday episode anyways because there was a game on Saturday. And then the Red Wings got pumped by the Pittsburgh Penguins. And so we were like, you know what? We're good taking the night off. We're good. And now I'm starting to wonder if we took the wrong night off because the Red Wings go out on Monday night and get absolutely pumped by the Dallas Stars in like a very similar fashion to the game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. And it is incredibly frustrating. Um, but before we get into that, I actually, I, I was going to throw it to you there, but I, I need a tease. We are going to announce the details on the Robbie Fabry stick giveaway at the end of the episode. So stay tuned. It's going to be at the very end of the episode. We'll announce the Robbie Fabry stick giveaway details. So stay tuned. Anyway, Scotty, back to what I was saying. Both of these games are very similar in, in the way they felt like they played out. And uh, I mean, in your opinion, what do you think were the trends there, man? Um, <laughs> <laughs> there, there's there's one trend over the last uh last two games and it's really really brutal goaltending and i know that that you know we we talk all the time about uh goalie apologists and and all that but there's zero excuse for how the goaltending i, I mean certainly in this game right like if we're really highlighting just on the stars game too uh, i mean that the first like 23 minutes of this hockey game was some of the worst goaltending you'll see at the NHL level. Um, it, it was it was brutal on fan appreciation night of all nights. Come seriously, on. well, come on, we appreciate the fans so much. We're gonna lose six to one. Um, yeah, not not good. And the the main catalyst for this ugly game was really 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 brutal goaltending. Man, you can go back further than that. Like even the Buffalo game, which I know they lost in a shootout, but that was brutal too. And I, well, again, we are the goalie apologists. Like we oftentimes try to take off some of the blame from Vili Husso and Nidalkovich and Magnus Hellberg and put it on the team's defense. And again, the defense was butter. Like you could just skate right through it. It was so easy. Yeah. But there were three or four goals between the two goalies that were just, they should have had that, and they didn't. I'm not talking about the deflection. I'm not talking about the Jamie Bun, uh, Jamie Ben Buck goal, but just like shots from the point. As soon as they're crossing the line, that find a way all the way through, and he just loses it through traffic. You got to get that. It's just, it is becoming abundantly clear, Scotty, that, and I, I've been, I've been really wanting to hold off on having this take because it goes against everything that we said in the first half of the season. But the way that Vili Husso's season has mirrored Alex Nedeljkovic's season from last year is incredible. 
the first half of last year, both Nadelkovich and Viljuso were god tier. Like they were so good. And at one point last year, we were saying Nadelkovich deserved to be in the Calder conversation. I did a whole episode basically dedicated to Viljuso after he shut out the Nashville Predators early in the season about how good he is. Two separate years in a row, I feel as if, and I don't know where you stand on this, but two separate years in a row, I have felt as if the Red Wings had a temporary solution, at least, at least a temporary solution in that until Sebastian Coso is ready. And by the end of the season, I'm unsure because Vili Husso has completely fallen apart in the second half of the year. I know he had that shutout against Montreal Canadiens just a few nights ago, but that was an AHL caliber team that had put up 24 shots on him. He hasn't had, and I know he missed time through the injury, but in his last one, two, three, four, five, six games, he's only had one game where he was above a 900 save percentage, and that was that shutout game against Montreal. And that, of course, that dates back to 314, and there was that time he was injured. But this entire second half of the season, his play has taken like a significant step down, it feels like. Like ever since the middle of February, it's especially been kind of really rough and his his total his total numbers for the season has, has reflected that and of course Nadalkovich and Helberg haven't been a solution either it's becoming abundantly clear that the Red Wings even after how excited we were two back-to-back off seasons uh, over these savvy looking trades it's becoming abundantly clear that the Red Wings have yet to figure out their goaltending situation or at least figure out how to support their goaltending situation yeah I, I would say that the the latter is probably more where I stand on it um just I, I don't know like I, I I'm not certainly not currently gonna come on here and say that whoso is is the the permanent long-term like guaranteed 1a I guess solution in that uh or at least that's not promised but I I still do believe that he has the ability to be even a, a 1A to a 1B or half of a really good goalie tandem on an competitive NHL hockey team. Like, I, I'm not of the the belief that, you know, the last – I mean, admittedly, it's been the last – it's been March and April for sure where his numbers have taken a huge step back. And so, um, I yeah, I, I, I would say that – uh, again, like I guess to play and lean into the apologist thing a little bit more, like it's it's a it's a tough job going out there every night with the defense that's in front of them. But um, at, at the same time, I, I certainly, you know, like like you said it early on and like before American Thanksgiving, we were talking about him being the the like this is his net and like it still is because there's no better option. We, but we like, were bragging about his net. And, and like, you know, like looking forward, looking like a year or two down the road, that we can assume that whoso is, is going to be the, the goalie in that. And then, you know, whatever happens with Kosa like that, that will kind of overlap and we can have whatever, a changing of the guard. Like I remember having that conversation on here about that. And, and I guess that that has certainly been thrown more into question in the last couple of months, but um, I, I don't know. It's it, it's tough because when you already don't have a great defense, and then you trade away like defensemen, and you trade away forward depth. So then, like your forwards are dudes that were in the AHL most of the year. Like the, the defensive product was already bad and has gotten worse since the trade deadline, which is about then. But 
at the same time, I'm, I'm not trying to come on here and say that he's been great despite that either. So I actually really quickly, I, I, I do want to hear what you have to say about a big picture, but the, if you want to go month by month, like there's really fascinating, you can look up his save percentage in each individual month. Right. So October 926. Yeah. Okay, at the beginning of the season, out. we were talking about how his goals saved above expected were among the best in the league. Like we did yeah. crossovers where we were bragging about Vili Husso, and it's just a completely different story. Go ahead. Correct. continue. Yeah. So 926 in October, 904 in November, 901 in December, 884 in January, February, a 913 in 10 games, which is like the, the most, the highest amount of games played he played in a single month all season. So not like a small sample size either. Back 913 in February, March is an 867 and April in just three games granted. So it's not taking into account this game against the Stars even yet, which isn't going to help it. Yeah, 875. Yeah, and <laughs> March was seven games due to a little bit of the injury too, but seven isn't a small amount. So yeah, and so what's funny? So obviously the February stands out as a really impressive one. Well, that's when the Red Wings went on that six-game win streak, and Correct. he was in net for the, I think the bulk majority of those games, almost for, all of them. Yeah, I think so. Four. It looks like based on I'm looking at his hockey reference here, four of those six games in that winning streak he was in net for. Yeah. So. And the first one, and he was in net for the Seattle loss, but then the two games after that, he was in net for as well in the wins to Washington and the Rangers. So it's one of the, it's really a chicken and an egg situation, Scotty, where Vili Husso's bad when the team is bad, and Vili Husso's good when the team is good. And you you start to wonder like who's more responsible for what. In reality, it's a, a bit of everything, right? Everyone's good together at the same time and bad together yep. at the same time. I mean, obviously goalies can have good games and teams can have good games and vice versa can be true as well, but Post like all-star break, he's eight ninety eight. Yes. It's, it's been night and day. He's been so streaky throughout the year. I remember we were talking in November, he was having a rough patch too. So <laughs> it's just, I, I wanted to talk about it because I definitely wanted to address the elephant in the room that he has unfortunately been not the guy we thought he was at the beginning of the year. And we, we, we stayed patient with Nadelkovic. So I feel like it's only fair to stay patient with Vili Husso. Obviously he's got a couple more years on his contract. So we're going to see him well, regardless. Yeah. Well, um, I, I think the biggest thing is for, for me, I, I guess we can go to break if you want to do that and we can get to it on the other side, but like big picture, I I'm more worried about, goalie as a whole than i am who so individually i guess i can explain yeah. more after but like it's it, i don't know it's weird where i sit yeah i mean i think the thumbnail on this one is just gonna be we were wrong uh <laughs> or i was wrong I, I won't say you i won't lump you in i know you, you no i mean that's fine um i don't want to speak for you well uh, i don't know i i still i don't know that, that seems like a very finite like guaranteed thing that i don't think is like completely closed yet that's all yeah, I, I understand. Uh, Got to tell you guys today about FanDuel. Grand slams, no hitters, and double plays are back, and there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash lockdown to sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win so don't miss your chance to get a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars when you bet fan duel today just go to fanduel.com slash lockdown 
FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Segment two, Locked on Red Wings podcast. Scotty and I are talking about the 6-1 to one loss. That was rough. That was really, really rough. <laughs> yeah, dude. It was a heavy was. sigh, too. Um, you, you had one more thought you wanted to kind of say. It sounded like on yeah. the, the goaltending situation, but there is one more glaring issue that I think occurred in this game that I think we need to address, but also something that we've addressed a thousand times before, so we don't have to beat the dead horse. <laughs> Not <laughs> new, but yes, I, I, I agree with that. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. I, I guess my last point is just that I'm much more... I'm much more... I don't excited isn't the right word, but I'm, I'm much more pressed to see what is going to be addressed with the other goaltender than I am like worried about the future of who so specifically. Like I, I, again, I still maintain the belief that with a decent defense, he can start 40 games and, and be a really good goaltender on a good hockey team. I, I maintain that belief even with the second half that he's had. Um, my thing is, it doesn't matter how good Billy Huso is if we don't have someone else who can play goaltender at the NHL level next season. So, like, when looking at the offseason and looking at what needs to be addressed, yeah, goalie absolutely does need to be addressed. It really is just a question of ask yourself, does it need to be addressed because they need two new goalies or does it need to be addressed because they need one new goalie? And I still stand on the side of they just need to bring one good. And like, I guess maybe, I don't know, maybe you you look less in like the backup role and look more for like a 50-50 split type of goalie. I don't know. Uh, we That's really a conversation, like a deep philosophical conversation we can talk to in the off season. But the fact of the matter is, Huso has has certainly taken a step back production wise since the All Star break and and especially since the trade deadline and uh, here we are after a really really brutal game in net on Monday. Yeah, absolutely. And and another problem too, just like the game against the Pittsburgh Penguins, this game tonight or Monday night rather, by the time people are listening to this against the Dallas Stars, I thought the Red Wings came out really strong. I, I was impressed, and on Saturday there were two separate times I was about to compliment the Red Wings via tweet, and as I was typing it, they got scored on <laughs> because I, I thought crazy. in both those games the Red Wings came out very strong and applied a lot of pressure, forced turnovers, and couldn't finish. And then the other team came down the ice and immediately scored because the goaltending and the defense, the team defensively, is brutal. And offensively, and here's my point, they lack a finisher. They lack an elite winger that can score goals. They lack an elite center who can score goals. They need that guy, and they don't have it. And I know this team is so banged up, but even 100% healthy, this team doesn't have that. And this is something we've harped on time and time again. This game and this game against the Pittsburgh Penguins that happened on Saturday is like an, an amalgamation of their biggest flaws amplified tenfold. Thank you. I'm not a writer. Uh, but the lack of finishing skill in this game against the Dallas Stars. So the first period, they had a ton of opportunities. The other team would come down the ice. Then immediately after, their failed opportunities and score. Second period, complete domination by the Dallas Stars. Third period, I thought the Red Wings played really well in the third. 
I thought they were very aggressive despite being down six to one. I thought the Red Wings applied a ton of pressure and they got the puck so many times wide open in the slot and could not bury the puck. And that's it just screamed. They desperately need the finisher. They actually had the edge 60% of the expected goals for percentage in the first period and 68% in the third period in this game. They actually at five on five were the was the better team in expected goals for percentage by 53% by the end of the game. And that's including a 15% in the second period. That's how well they played in the first and the third, that they were so utterly dominated in the second period, yet they still had the edge at the end of the game. But all of that resulted in one goal because they do not have a goal scorer. Yeah, I mean, that that's something we've talked about at length this season and and has certainly reared its ugly head in not only this game, not only on Saturday's game, but honestly time and time again, over and over and over. Um, I, I think there's a legitimate argument that it is the biggest need going into the off season. You know, like we, we talk about the defense, we talk about the, the lack of, of goaltending, especially <clears throat> compared to what we thought we were going to get early on. Uh, but I, I think there is a legitimate argument that the, the biggest hole that this team still has is, is a top end goal scorer. Like that is something that uh, I love Dylan Larkin to death and, and he's the captain of my hockey team, hopefully for the next decade, but he cannot be your leading goal scorer. If you want to compete for a cup. I, I think that that's pretty clear-ish. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. point leader is, is is different. If you get in somebody that that only score, you know, pure goal score isn't going to get too many primaries or anything like that, and you still think Larkin can put up a, a mid-80, even like to whatever, flow with a 90-point season with a good roster, then like that's that's fine, and I don't disagree with that necessarily, but – I, I I'm not sure you can ask for too much more than like a 30 or 35 goal season for Larkin. And if that's the, especially the only person that's like e- eclipsing the 30 goal mark for your hockey team, like that's, that's just not going to be enough to get over the, the edge there. Yeah. Like this is no disrespect to Dylan Larkin. He's been great. This is the best season yeah. he's ever had. He's, he is one point away. He's still a point per game after a secondary assist in this game. And he uh, is one point away from being the first Red Wing player to hit 80 points. Since Z, right? Since Zetterberg. And I think they said 2011 on the Bally Sports broadcast. Like that is, guys, that's how good Dylan Larkin is. He's the best player the Red Wings have had since literally the last captain, Henrik Zetterberg, over a decade ago. Like obviously Zetterberg was captain way longer than that. But since Zetterberg's most recent productive season of 80 points in that year, the last time the Red Wings were any good. (laughs) So, Dylan Larkin's a phenomenal player, but like you said, Scotty, and you hit the nail on the head, you need that guy who can put the puck in the back of the net more than him. You need a 40-goal score. If Dylan Larkin hits 80 points this season or hits a point per game by season end, that's great. But look at the league this year. What did they, how many hundred point players did they say were in the league this year? A hundred or no, a hundred six. <laughs> Sorry, hundred points is on my head. But but like they said, like something like six, maybe more than that, and there could be three more by the end of the season. That's a lot. And I know scoring is up this year, 
so it's insane. Like just guys are getting 100 points left and right. But Jason Robertson, speak of 100 point players. The Edmonton, I know the Edmonton Oilers have McDavid and Drysaddle, and that's like a near guarantee. But they also have Ryan Nugent Hopkins hit 100 points this year. The yeah, Edmonton they Oilers have, have three. They have a line. They they could make a line out of 100 point players. Yeah. And then David Pasternak hit 100. And I mean, like, I know I'm listing some of the best players in the hockey game, in the game of hockey, but like the Red Wings need one of those guys. They need a game changer with, with five draft picks in the top 50. And I was talking to Mike and Kenny um, over uh, at the radio station today. And like, they're all aboard, like acquiring Johnny Goudreau because Columbus is just, and obviously that's like a, that would be a whole conversation. And honestly, yeah, we, <laughs> we we could do a whole episode on that in the offseason, which I'm yeah. starting to think maybe we maybe it could be a good idea to bring Kenny on for that because he's all aboard on that. He's Columbus is his second team, and they're paying him, Goudreau, $9 million, an elite scoring winger on a crappy team. I still don't know why he went there. But five picks in the top 50, use that assets to leverage it to go out and get a young, talented goal scorer. The problem is, is I don't know if the market's there for it this year, like it was last offseason. I mean, you saw all the big the names that moved a lot. The free agent market's garbage yeah. this year. Last year was amazing. You saw Johnny Goudreau moved. Kachuk was traded. Debrinkit was traded. I don't think it's there this year. I feel like you missed that window, but you got to try and make something happen with five picks in the top 50. And then, of course, you have picks in the, in the following years to leverage. But something's got to change. And I know this team, again, is banged up. So maybe they score some more goals if they're 100% healthy, but they still don't make the playoffs without that kind of guy. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. They, you know, they could probably, they got better in, in other areas. They could probably be a 16 seed without it. But like, I, I, I agree with you. You know, if they, if they want to make a legitimate run and be a solidified playoff team and uh, kind of get over that hump to be a true contender, then, then I, I completely agree with you. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like the, the free agent market isn't there. You're right. But I I don't believe that the trade market is ever not an option, especially when you have assets. It's all mm-hmm. about asset management. If you have assets, you can make a trade 365 days a year. I completely agree. You got it. You got it. I feel like this offseason is imperative. I feel yeah. as if this is the offseason. Yeah. You know, however many times now. But yeah, this is a, a vital offseason for the Wings. Absolutely. Uh, Scotty. Let's go to another quick break. When we come back, uh, we'll talk about the one goal that happened very briefly, I suppose. Kind of more or less just be like, hey, Perron scored. Kudos. Um, And then we'll talk about Robbie Fabry because some pretty cool news was announced for him. And we'll preview the game that's happening tonight because you can't end the season without a doubleheader as their second to last game will be on the second half of a back-to-back in Carolina against the Hurricanes as that's a gauntlet to end the year. Stay tuned to Locked On Red Wings. Segment three, Locked On Red Wings podcast. You know what, Scotty? Because it'll meld well with the stick giveaway, we'll save the Robbie Fabry news until the very, very end. Uh, in the game against the Dallas can Stars. Just, wow, can I just, can I just say Jason Robertson is unbelievable? Oh, he's – and Rupe Hints, too. They're both yeah. disgusting. But, like, like – Mira Robert, like that he was what a second round pick like what a what a massive victory for that organization not only in the terms of like player development but for him you know to 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 become an 100 point player at 23 years old out of the second round like that's unbelievable what a what a 
Uh, I, I love watching him play the game of hockey. And uh, yeah. Hopefully Carter Mazur or Amadeus Lombardi can be that guy for us. Wow. Love it. Hey, saying. Lombardi, didn't he just hit 100 points for Flint? Yeah, they so they lost in Game Seven to Saginaw, I believe, but he had two goals yeah. in the game. And then Unreal, Carter Mazur. season. Now the Grand Rapids Griffins. This was his sixth game with them, and he's already at point per game with the Griffins. Mazur, six points in six yeah. games, three goals, three assists. I know he had one like one really big night, which kind of got him up there, but. <sighs> next year's gonna be fun, man. There's a real chance that next year's Wings team is like this. Uh, I mean, the best case scenario, I guess I should say is that it's a perfect just infusion of like this young talent that's ready to to burst onto the scene mixed with a really good offseason of acquiring like more outside talent. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. a that's a that's a very happy marriage that that hopefully is what this fall looks like in Detroit. Uh, David Perrant scored. What was this like twenty third goal, or something like that? Yeah. I don't even know anymore. I'm losing track. I'm I'm also losing uh, a will to care. Uh, 24th goal. Wow. So. That was just super depressing. Thanks, dude. I, he Listen, he's been really hot to end the season, but unfortunately a lot of it's just like too little too late. Yeah, for um, sure. But it's still nice. Again, Larkin got the assist on that. So he's at 79 points in 79 games played. One point away from 80. We talked about that. Uh, they play the Hurricanes tonight, and then they play Tampa Bay to end the season on Thursday. So the Red Wings end of the season goes Pittsburgh. Dallas, Carolina, and Tampa. Three of those teams are 100-point teams. Pittsburgh, of course, a playoff contender. Uh, whether or not they actually make it in is still remains to be seen, but that's a that's a tough four-game stretch to end the year. Yes, it is. Very. Uh, Carolina Hurricanes, I mean, we, obviously the Red Wings just beat them a couple nights ago. Was it? Two, I was at that game. Two to one? Three to one? Something like that? I can't even remember. Mine's not. Uh, mine's I think it was two to one. I have it up. Let me. Three two? No. Two one. Uh three two. Three two. Nailed three, two. it. We got this. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, that was a Ned game. Yeah. Well, it was also Jake Wallman with like three seconds left. Yeah. You're right. You're I right. was there. Right. You would think I'd remember this more. I have no, I have notoriously bad memory. Uh but this is the third time these two teams have played each other. The series, season series is tied at 1-1. You know what the Carolina Hurricanes are at this point. They're one of the best teams in the league. They play. They just possess the hell out of the puck. They don't score a lot. And a lot of that has to do with a ton of injuries as well. But they don't let you have the opportunity to score a lot either. You see that in both games the Red Wings have played against them. It was a one nothing loss and a 3-2 victory with 3.2 seconds left. They do not let you have the puck a lot, and they do not let you score a lot, but they also just struggle to score. That is the Carolina Hurricanes. Correct. They just eat out <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. Like We just did a preview for them like a week ago. Like, I don't know. And, yes, like they they uh, they don't give up shots. Like, they 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 just straight up do not give up shots. They, they don't score a lot. They don't have, like, otherworldly goaltending. They just don't give up shot attempts and so yeah uh if you can if you can find a way to to get shots on net get pucks deep get pucks on net you know you know how it is guys <laughs> really good analysis here um but like like i don't know what else to say like you again like we we, we just previewed them like five or six episodes ago because we just played them recently so um yeah just gotta get back on the horse name friday and get some pucks on that baby. that's a callback 
So good news that comes out of losing these hockey games and being on a three game losing streak is now that you're officially eliminated it from the playoffs, every loss helps you get a higher draft pick at the very least. And every loss potentially helps you have better odds at Connor Bedard. Now, currently the Red Wings sit with the 10th best odds at Connor Bedard, three and a half percent. So don't be putting your money on that, but 10th overall is still better than 11th overall. So your silver lining to getting blown out like this. And let's say worst case scenario happens and you end up on the rest of the season, losing a five on a five game losing streak. You could be like looking at potentially eighth overall because Washington's at 79 points. You're at 80 and Washington currently holds the eighth best odds. You're not catching Philadelphia. They have 71 points. So or they're not catching you, I guess, technically. So best case scenario, you have a 6% chance at Bedard and with a probability of sitting at eighth overall. Also, the New York Islanders lost today as well to the Capitals, getting shut out three to nothing, I believe it was. And this is good because the Red Wings hold the Islanders first round pick this year. Top 13 protected, I believe it was. So best case scenario, because the Islanders no longer control their destiny with that loss. The Islanders miss the playoffs, and you can get somewhere between the 14th and the 15th overall pick. And that is the best-case scenario. Yeah, you got to put right in that window. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was top 13 protected. The best-case scenario is they just barely miss the playoffs, and they don't get the option of sliding it to 2024. Right. Correct. Yeah. So you got that going for you, which is nice. Agreed. All right, Scotty, do you want to announce the uh, – Robbie Fabry stick giveaway. We've have had the stick in my background since the Carolina game on March 30th. So like yeah. 10 whole days. <laughs> Not a while. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, in, in the corner of, of Brian's screen there, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, there you go. He's got it up close. It's a, uh, it's a Robbie Fabry stick. So we'll be giving that away. Yeah, you kind of see the, the Fabry thing on there. Ooh, that's the wall. Yeah. Just poke a hole in your wall with it. That's good. Um, so what we are doing is pretty simple, nothing crazy with like rules to enter. Literally, we're going to tweet out and post on Facebook and Instagram. We'll put on all of our socials. Uh, Instagram might be difficult, I guess, but uh, we're, we're just going to put out on the socials and just say, show proof that you are subscribed to the YouTube channel. And what a, it's a screenshot is probably the easiest way. And that's how most people did it last time. But not even like a, whatever, like a retweet or a repost chain or a follow thing or anything like that. Just simply prove that that you are subscribed to the YouTube channel and you'll be entered the win. Uh, and then we'll do uh, not this upcoming Friday, but a week from this upcoming Friday. So you'll get uh, almost two weeks to enter. And then on that episode, we will announce the winner. This won't be the last time we talk about it either. I'm sure we'll remind you all at the end of pretty much every episode from now until we uh, do the drawing. But yeah, you'll be entered that way. Just a, a simple proof of showing that you're sub to the YouTube and you'll be you'll be part of the a chance to win a Robbie Fabry stick. So that is Friday the 21st is the deadline. Uh, and yeah, that'll that'll be well, really. That's gonna. If we're gonna announce it on Friday the twenty first. Really, it's Thursday the twentieth is your last chance. Right. Yeah. We we have we to record the night before. Right. So the the winner will be chosen the evening of Thursday. Yeah. So get in by then. Yes. And yeah, that'll. That's. 
This is the first stick. I believe this one's not even busted at all. So like our previous two sticks, the Nemesnikov stick and the Kubelik stick, uh, they were both broken. But this one is actually in playable condition. So if any of you mad lads out there want to use the hockey stick in your men's league games, you can go Dude, ahead. You are turning your head away from the mic. We're getting like every other word for whatever oh. you just said. So this stick is not broken. And if any mad okay, lad wants go. to try and play with it, they can. He uses a actually this is a it's a, oh it's a true it's a true i don't i've never used true myself um so i don't actually know where any of the stats are listed on this hashtag fake fan anyways it's a lefty it's a hockey stick it's not broken or you can just simply collect it that's what i would do um yeah so it'll be there cool you go. yours for free if uh if you just join the drawing and win uh, Robbie Fabry also was nominated for the Masterson Trophy Award, Scotty. That was the Robbie Fabry news. Yes. And that's the award that goes over to the hockey player that overcomes adversity. And I think he was a pretty no-brainer uh, nomination for the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially just looking at uh, the, you know, the Wings who ended the season on the team. I'm not really sure anybody is in in the running more. Pretty, like you said, pretty slam dunk. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I haven't looked at the list of other nominees, but I got to imagine overcoming your third ACL tear and then returning to the game of hockey is going to put you pretty high on that list for possible uh, winners. So, I, I, yes, I would imagine that he's going to get a nice long look at, uh, at, at winning that. Absolutely. All right, Scotty, any final thoughts? We will. As always, we're back with a new episode tomorrow, recapping the game against the Carolina Hurricanes. Same time, same place, your team, every day. Every day.